Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. Lisa, and if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can find me at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast, and we have a Patreon. The show is always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. That's at Patreon.com/slash I Love That Movie. And if you sign up, you get a bonus episode uh, that just kind of covers what I'm up to, what I'm watching that week. We've also had a lot of interviews on there too, where we've covered Loki, WandaVision, Mandalorian. We have a lot of fun over there. And I want to take a moment to thank our top patrons, and they are Chris Balga, Jeff Woodman, Bill Barker, and Michael Cross. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. And if you like what you hear today, please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. Uh, I have a new guest with me here today. I have Carrie Nasina. She is an actress, a producer, and a business coach for actors. Say hi, Carrie. Well, hello. <laughs> hi, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> hey. And I, I kind of gave you an intro there, of course, but would you mind kind of introducing yourself a little bit to the audience? Yeah, well, I'm a little bit of a movie junkie, but <laughs> you've come to the right place. <laughs> I, I had a feeling. <laughs> yeah, um, I love movies so much that that's what I've basically done for my whole life. So I'm, I am an actor and I've produced short films uh, along with like web webisodes and educational things. And then I'm also a business coach for actors where I help them with basically all the stuff that they can't get help with elsewhere. So mm -hmm. a lot of actors come into the biz where they have training, you know, they know the craft yeah. of acting, but then have no clue on how to make some money doing it and how to right. make a living out of it, which is really the harder part of the piece of puzzle. So, Oh yeah. I yeah. Imagine. And then I just, I love movies so much. Uh, it's like I could watch movies all day long. Uh, same <laughs> you know so what a great podcast you have <laughs> yeah so excited to have you on and my guest always picks the movie so what what movie did you choose to talk about today groundhog day yay <laughs> 1993 yes groundhog day I, I feel like this is good timing actually to talk about this movie do you do you feel that way because you know that ghostbusters afterlife came out well and... that and i feel like the whole planet has felt like they've been in groundhog day for the last year and a half or so 100 percent. yeah 100%. i think it's very timely and it's one of those movies that doesn't age either like I you agree. ever notice that like it it it's just as new now as it was almost 30 years ago when it was made i agree 100 percent. well 
You know, before we continue, I do want to give a quick disclaimer. If this is the first time you're listening to the show, uh, we do not do spoiler-free reviews. Uh, So I would recommend pausing here, watching Groundhog Day, because it's a great movie. (laughs) And then if you're still here, this is the the quick synopsis of the film. Uh, A cynical TV weatherman finds himself reliving the same day over and over again when he goes to a location to the small town of Puxatawney to film a report about their annual Groundhog Day. His predicament drives him to distraction until he sees a way of turning the situation to his advantage. Dun, dun, dun! Yes. Um, I love this film. It was directed by um, Harold Ramis, which, you know, I uh, recently saw the Ghost, but the new Ghostbusters Afterlife movie, which feels like such a huge tribute to him. Um, so I was kind of in the feels when I was watching this. Yeah, he seems like anytime you see him in an interview or even if you see him on camera i swear the guy had a permanent smile yeah oh what a nice what a nice thing to say about somebody huh what what a nice way to be remembered (laughs) yeah seemed like a really really great guy i wish i would have had a chance to work with him you know yeah so when did you first see this movie you know what I feel like it's been such a part of my life. I don't even remember. I I don't recall the first time I saw it because I feel like I've seen it so many times. I don't Mm -hmm. remember the origin story for it in my (laughs) life. (laughs) But um, it's always been one of the top of my list because it's so complete. And so, I mean, it really has everything from humor to true depth. Mm-hmm. that most movies don't ever touch on and real romance. And uh, it makes you think I love a movie that makes you think. Oh, for sure. You know? And I mean, you could really like ponder on it for decades because it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's so much deeper than your average movie. And the fact that it looks on the surface, like maybe like a typical, it has that eighties kind of vibe. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like it would be a typical '80s comedy on the surface, but then when you get into it, you're like, "Wow, this is this is actually some pretty deep stuff." Mm-hmm. It's got that like '90s edge to it, since it's '93, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I I think I have a similar experience to you that I don't remember the first time I saw this. I saw it many many times, and you know, growing up, Bill Murray was just such a big deal to me you know I probably watched uh Saturday Night Live too young so Bill (laughs) Murray Dan Aykroyd I mean everybody they just um you know that that show was so so big for me and then just all the movies that they were involved in I was obsessed with you know Ghostbusters and Blues Brothers and you know it's just so Mm -hmm. stripes yes (laughs) caddyshack i mean just there's so many but um you know so this this movie was kind of always a part of my life but i think especially as a child i think it was one of the ones that i watched the most maybe it was the you know the groundhog i don't know um (laughs) but i i liked this Uh, it was probably at the top of my list for sure yeah that's another great thing about it i think is that you have people from all around the world and all ages can appreciate this movie. So it's not one type of audience. Yeah, exactly. Very, very well put. Um, 
I also want to mention a couple quick facts. Just I, I like to kind of throw in a couple facts yeah. when I was researching this. So Bill Murray was apparently bitten by the groundhog twice yeah. during shooting and had yeah. to have an anti-rabies injection, which isn't surprising. I feel like anytime you're bit by an animal, um, that happens. But uh, his bites were very severe. So I guess they, they entertain the idea he might be rabid. <laughs> yeah, apparently the thing hated him. Well... <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, Bill Murray does have a reputation for being hard to work with, so maybe even the <laughs> gopher had a hard time. I don't know, but um, that's that's so funny to me that, that that thing is big. I mean, I would be intimidated by it, and I'd certainly yeah. want to be bitten by one. And, and they always say, "Don't act with animals." You yeah. Know, anyway, but one that's <laughs> mad at you, you definitely don't want to act. <laughs> yeah, that must have been a very stressful shoot. Um, here's this next fact I really like, cause it's something that I hadn't even thought of. Uh, but according to the director, uh, Harold Ramis, he said most of the time when he was trying to explain a scene to Bill Murray, Bill Murray would interrupt him and say, just tell me, is this good or bad Phil? <laughs> and yeah, it's I like, yeah, it's, it's like, there's funny. two different Phil's in the movie. And of course, you know, they typically shoot movies out of sequence <laughs> as you know. So it's like, well, which Phil am I today? <laughs> That's hilarious because it's like, I don't want any of the deep method stuff, just good fill or bad fill. Yeah. End of story. I really like actors like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the last one I have is that Harold Ramis originally wanted Tom Hanks for the role, but decided against it because he said Hanks is just too nice. Yeah. Well, I think, I think even Tom Hanks thought that. <laughs> like, like he didn't. <laughs> Uh, he was offered the role, but he thought that his fans wouldn't want him to play a jerk. At oh, that which is kind of it kind of makes sense. I yeah. think he would have been great in the role. Um, they also looked at apparently, I mean, who knows from the Internet, but I'm obsessed with the movie, you know. So um, <laughs> but apparently they offered it also to Michael Keaton. Oh, I could, I could actually see that. Yeah, you could definitely see the dark side. <laughs> He's got yeah. an edge to him, you know, yeah. like he could. And back then he still looked somewhat like Mr. Mommy, you know, yeah. so, so that would have worked. And then one of my favorite actors of all time, Kevin Klein as well, which I think he would have been an amazing choice. Oh, good point. Isn't that interesting? Because that... it would totally change the movie, um, not only just from the actor side of things, but Bill Murray really was instrumental in the whole vision of the film too, more so than most actors mm. do, you know? So apparently rumor has it, Harold wanted it lighter. It actually started out as a really dark script. Wow. Um, but Harold brought in the laughs and Bill Murray wanted it to be a little bit more profound and deep mm. than even what ended up at the, as the final thing. So I think the mixture of those two geniuses together, even though they were kind of fighting each other, apparently, um, because Murray wanted it deeper and Harold wanted it lighter, it ended up being the perfect film. Yeah, they balanced each other out. Yeah, Sometimes even though they that. didn't agree. <laughs> it, we got the results of oh yeah thank god that they were balancing each other out you know yeah yeah I completely agree I think 
you know, I could I could almost see Tom Hanks in the role only because I'm thinking of like a League of Their Own, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. he has, he's a little bit of a, a jerk sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But this this is a little further than that. I mean, it's definitely a Bill Murray-esque <laughs> type character. Yeah. Um and yeah, I don't know. That's that's so interesting. Sometimes people that are just opposites just really can balance each other and yeah, I agree. It, they came up with the, the perfect film as a result. And it's interesting when you think about how stars have more pull than, say, a normal actor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so he he kind of drove the traffic in, into the way that he wanted the film to go, mm-hmm. where not everybody gets that opportunity. So For if sure. someone else just stepped into the role it might've been a completely different film above and beyond the acting part of it. Mm, That makes sense. Interesting stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about the cast? Sure. So you have the wonderful and wacky Bill Murray, as we've stated. Um, And Andy McDowell is his love interest in the film. Uh, who she's a delight, I think, yes. in the movie as well. I'd be interested to know who else was up for her role, if there were any. Yeah. Um, I've heard her in interviews before say that she got along well with Bill. Oh, that's good. Um, because I think that her background, apparently, uh, she had dealt with some people in her family or something that had um, <laughs> alcoholism or something. So she uh, was used to being a people pleaser. Uh, and so she was very good with people that other people might've thought were too difficult. Uh, so that's interesting because you got to have is. chemistry when you're talking about romantic leads. For sure. But you look at the movie and there's a lot of scenes where she's laughing at him mm-hmm. at his jokes and stuff. And they say it's, it's actually Andy laughing at Bill. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, she'd have to repeat it of course, cause you have to have continuity. This is the craziest movie ever for continuity. Oh, I'm sure that must've been a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Can you even imagine that job? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I find that interesting to see like, oh, yeah. you know, how different personalities mix together, especially when it's take after take, in this case, take after take after take and, um, and month after month. And what they had in this film, they had the, un- well, not so unusual, but extreme weather. Oh, wow. Where, where they were legitimately like worried about frostbite, like their toes are going to oh fall gosh. off mixed with it you know the they shot into when it got to be warm again so Mm. they still had to wear their heavy wool coats in like 80 degree weather as well wow (laughs) so (laughs) that you would never even notice and it looks so cold the whole movie just looks really does Um, well because like it's in february and i do feel like february is like colder you know in a lot of places than even january so it really captures like that one month that's kind of miserable (laughs) yeah and in phil's world the month never ends the day never ends yeah it has to stay miserable (laughs) (laughs) 
It's an interesting, uh, wow. How do you get that kind of continuity? Because sometimes there were, uh, they show clips in like the behind the scenes stuff where they're jumping up and down just to stay warm in between takes. And they would actually, um, sometimes would be slurring their words because their tongues were freaking frozen. You know, it was so cold. So it's one thing to do that for like an hour, but it's a really, for anybody who hasn't worked on a set, it's hard work because you're sometimes there in the same freezing cold for like 16 hours, you know, with no sleep and no, I mean, yeah, they got to give you breaks because of laws and stuff, but still you're, you're ruling frozen for hour after hour after hour. Yeah. But I I found it interesting that it also ended up being like 80 degrees and having to still feel like the movie still had to feel like it was cold. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I also like um, in the movie, you mentioned Bill Murray and Andy McDowell, obviously the front runners of the film. But, you know, lately, uh, Chris Elliott's having a moment, right? Yeah. (laughs) Thanks to Schitt's Creek. Um, Yeah. So it's nice seeing him. I love that show too, but I've, I've, I've liked Chris Elliott as an actor for a long time and I, I kind of forgot he was in this one. So I was like, Oh, it's him. <laughs> yeah. His it. character is funny because it's, it's kind of on the sideline, but mm-hmm. you look at what he's doing and that even that character has layers. Yeah. You know, he's looking for love, poor guy. And he's, <laughs> you know, he's doing his best and he's actually He's a nice guy, but then he's also a little bit of a loser, like when he takes his tip back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that? He's trying to tip <laughs> big in front of the girl, and then when nobody's looking, he takes part of his tip back. <laughs> <laughs> he's broke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I he He's a funny dude, for yeah. sure. And then also uh, wanted to talk about Brandon Doyle Murray. You know, Bill's brother, who I always mistake for like, I don't know why. To me, he sounds like Mel Blanc. (laughs) Like, like he sounds like um, the the boss on the Jetsons, you know? Like, and I think that in every movie he's in, like in this and in like, I know he's in like National Lampoon's Christmas. Yeah. That's funny. (laughs) I just want to think of him. I think it's weird because every time you see him in a movie, it's kind of Bill's face. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Very but true. Like and he's always doing brothers. like like a caricature. Like you know what I mean? Right. Like he's he's <laughs> like he sounds like, you know, like in this in this movie he's he's very animated. But yeah, I just wanted to to touch on him really quick. Were there were there was there anyone else in the cast that I that I've missed that you wanted to to talk about? Well, I think Marita did a great job. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Nancy Taylor. Um <laughs> I thought she did a great job, and um, Needle Nose Ryerson, <laughs> but Ned Ryerson. Yes, you know that's a that's a pretty uh, classic role. Um, it is. It's funny. There's an interview out there where he's talking about how he was going so big, and he had to give warning to Harold. He's like, "Okay, I'm rehearsing this." And I think it's really, really big. I'm going to try it really, really big. And you can bring me back if it sucks. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and 
it was kind it was almost too big for the movie but it worked yeah i think it worked um yeah the the actor is uh steven tobolsky yeah um he i don't know there's something about like going to a small town you know coming from a small town running into somebody from high school you didn't want to run into like he just nailed that so well (laughs) he's just a little bit too close like he doesn't understand personal space (laughs) and then selling you life insurance i mean it's just annoying it's like the most boring profession yeah (laughs) and traps him with it i mean it's it's perfect it is it is What's funny about Steven is you look at like his IMDb these days and he looks exactly the same. I some mean, the, actors are so good. Like some, the, the character actors, I feel like are usually like that. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. that. Um, I'm trying to, you know, and there's a couple hidden roles in there, like Willie Garson. Um, oh. He's at the beginning of the movie. He's uh, he works at the news station. Oh, okay. You know? um, uh, What's this? Oh, Rick Dukeman, mm-hmm. uh, one of the drunk friends that he has. <laughs> you know, so there, there's like little small roles in there that are like little mini treasures. Yeah. I love that. Especially yeah, I love like. They weren't famous back then, maybe even. I don't yeah. know, you know. Mm-hmm. Either small roles or cameos too. Yeah. Well, would you like to talk about some of your favorite scenes? Oh gosh, there's so many. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you know what? I found these little buried treasures on online. Oh, go for that, it. Um, there's if you go on YouTube, there are some great deleted scenes. Oh, okay. Which I feel like anytime you find, like you have one of your favorite movies and you can find more, you know, it's like dessert or something. Oh, for know? sure. So in the movie, if, if, if there's anyone out there that doesn't know Groundhog Day, he gets to learn, he's living forever, basically, in the same day. So mm-hmm. he has an, essentially an eternity to learn things, which is like yeah. a dream come true for me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, I actually would like a, a little bit of Groundhog Day. Um but he learns piano. He learns French. He learns how to ice sculpt. He learns, he, he has time to read, you know, um, mm-hmm. he can eat whatever he wants, right? As much yeah. as he wants, because <laughs> that seems great. You know, Tara. Um, and I love to learn, but in these deleted scenes, he also becomes like he, he bowls a perfect game in bowling. Mm-hmm. In the you know in a small town that's a big deal. <laughs> you know, he's like a hero. Yeah. Um, he also becomes like a, a pool hustler, <laughs> and it's funny because he knows all the games that are going to win. You know, because yeah. he's he knows every sport that's played that day or whatever, so right, he could bet right. on it or whatever. Um, but yeah, those deleted scenes are re- are really great. But I love. Probably out of the most, I love the montages where he starts to become a good guy Mm -hmm. because he, you know, he decides that he's, he can't escape. So might as well relax and do some good. Mm -hmm. 
um, and actually help other people because his character is in the beginning very selfish. Yeah, um, selfish, bitter, cynical. Yeah, totally. And looks kind of looks down on everybody and everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then he starts to be like, okay, let me help everybody. And so he's changing tires for three old ladies where they get a flat <laughs> tire. He's there's actually a little d- deleted scene where he saves a little girl from running in front of a, like a truck. Mm-hmm. And then he gives her a lecture. Don't do that. And he saves this jerk little boy f- that falls out of a tree. Um, uh, and probably the saddest part of the whole movie is that he can't, no matter what he does, he can't save this sweet homeless man, an, mm-hmm. an old man. And that's when he starts to really become a good guy. He's like, there's nothing he can do to save him. Yeah. So it becomes deeper at that point. The whole film yeah. takes an, another feel of no matter what he does, he can't help this guy and he really wants to at that point. Yeah. So that's pretty sweet. Um, and you really, it's the sweetest little old man. Like you really do <laughs> want to hug him and, and give him soup and stuff, you know? So um, I think that that part of the film is probably one of the best is yeah. just, it, I love a montage anyway. I'm totally a sucker for a montage. <laughs> a that feels like, such an you know you kept saying this movie does remind you of like 80s films that feels like such an 80s movie thing to do yeah (laughs) and i dig it (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because this is one of the most important movies ever for showing um a time lapse yeah for sure ironically where there is no time lapse i guess you know but it has to show it's funny there are some depending on who you listen to or who you believe some people that's one of the big arguments about this movie is how long did he stay in groundhog day? (laughs) And so online and apparently Harold Ramis apparently said it probably ended up being 30 to 40 years. Oh my Uh, gosh. And because of how they got that is it takes years to become that good at piano. (laughs) <laughs> or, or, you know, it takes a, a certain amount of time to learn a new language or to learn how to ice sculpt or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, there are some, I think it might be a deleted scene. I don't remember. But even for the old man, I don't know if you remember when he goes to the hospital and he says, the nurse is saying, sometimes people just die. And he goes, not today. He goes, let me see his chart. And... So Phil goes to look at the old man's chart to see if there's anything he can do to fix it the next time. And there's this little sliver. It's not even a scene, but he apparently starts studying to try to learn. Um, And maybe that's why he got good at, he gives a guy a Heimlich maneuver. (laughs) Right. He's choking on a cow or whatever in the restaurant. And he helps, well, he does save the little boy from falling out of the tree, but he does a lot of good deeds like that too, mm-hmm. that not everybody knows how to do. He tries to give CPR to the old man when he dies in an alley one time. Mm-hmm. 
So he's got oh, skills. I never noticed any of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's Very really cool. tiny. But mm-hmm. yeah, I love it. Can you imagine having endless time to learn everything that you've wanted to learn? <laughs> it sounds a little daunting if I'm honest. <laughs> totally. But good too. I know what you mean. Totally. But exciting. And it would be different if it was like today. If you could have it a computer at, in Punxsutawney, then really True. you're talking a million years because there would be, you'd have endless knowledge with a yeah. computer. Absolutely. What do you think that you would do if you had to do like today over again? Hmm. I don't know. I have never thought about it. Is that weird? <laughs> um, well, I think I, I that's think one just, of the great things about it is yeah. it makes, I think I think about that a lot. It's like, okay, what if you could do something over again? Yeah. I haven't thought about that a lot, but you know, just spend a lot of time with friends and family, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because we don't, we don't always prioritize it. But if we had only one day and could do that day until we get it right. True. The question is, what would we do with that time? I think it's so profound. Do you also feel like to me, the movie, like Bill Murray, yeah, he's selfish and all that, but I, I think he's like depressed, right? I mean, I almost feel like the movie's a metaphor for depression or trauma and like working through it. He's stuck, no. you know, can't move forward. And through reliving this day over and over and over again, he sort of processes and starts to see life in a different way. I think before he just wasn't able to see anything positive. I wondered if that's one reason why Rita um, is so kind to him. Like she gets irritated with him, but I think at first she gives him a lot of a lot of time before she finally has enough with his attitude. But it's yeah. like maybe she can kind of see behind those layers that that he's struggling with something and he's stuck. I think that's true. And I think that's one of the most kind-hearted pieces of the film mm-hmm. is that nothing changes except for Phil. Right. So, but once he changes, the world is so much better because of how he touches other people around him, but everybody else is accepting of him. Like you said, uh, Rita's a nice lady, a nice human. Mm -hmm. So the second that he's nice, it's like everybody's better. Yeah. And everybody's, you know, nobody else has an attitude in that whole nice little town. (laughs) I know. Everybody's pretty like immediately cool to him even though he's a stranger in town, really. Yeah, if he had just stopped viewing himself as so much better and bigger than them, he would have realized that the way that they, how welcoming the whole town is towards him. Right. And I think, you know, there's a trope, again, to go back to like tropes in 80s movies, of being somebody who's like a, a big career person that has let their career control their life in such a way that they're unable to enjoy it. Like you get the sense that he's exhausted and overworked and he's just like, go, go, go. And that's kind of also what's making him miserable to be around. You know, can't wait to get out of that town. Can't wait to get his job over with. Um, And when he's able to slow down and really contemplate his life, 
that frees him from that constant pressure i think you know and it's sort of a metaphor for the way the town is too because like it's a small town so they don't they already don't live that way (laughs) and i also feel like that's kind of like that's how small towns view big cities right that everyone's moving too fast that they're not really living their lives so i think some of that's at play there as well yeah and it's probably i think maybe true happiness is somewhere in between you take the good of the Mm -hmm. small town and the good of the big town you know but it's funny what you say about like I totally agree about the depression stuff. There people have even talked about this movie how Phil has to move through the stages of grief. Yeah. Because he starts out in complete denial, right? Yeah, that's so true. He starts out like this can't be happening. What is going on? And then he gets pissed off and then he gets so depressed that he's suicidal. Mm-hmm. But one of the Another great thing about this movie is he's not allowed to commit suicide. It won't take. <laughs> he just resets. Yeah. Yeah. It just resets. So it won't even let him do that. Um, I, I think I had read too that they were really nervous about, you know, Bill Murray committing suicide essentially um, mm. on screen and how dark that is. And like, would audiences be like, this is horrible. You know, <laughs> I'm sure that was a very delicate balance, like how to portray that in such a silly over the top way to where audiences aren't turning on the movie, you know, that's a good point. It probably wouldn't be allowed today. <laughs> yeah. Right. You'd, you'd have yeah. everybody's social media um, saying how horrible it was, but it actually <laughs> was great. And what they did is then it's 6am again and he's, it immediately goes to a joke. Yeah. Some of the time, like, oh, gives you man. A break. Yeah. yeah. It didn't work. You know, so they, then they, it lightens it up. Exactly. They lower the stakes. I mean, he can't die. So in a way, he's not really doing that. Yeah. 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 But boy, to, to hate that town so much. <laughs> and <laughs> how many times would you have to relive that day to have to resort to that? That's... <laughs> That's very true many 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 years some people say it It. um i think danny rubin the writer originally started with the idea of vampires believe it or not oh. and immortality is the reason the seed of the beginning of writing groundhog day interesting um, yeah and so it started out like in as ten thousand years not Whoa. 30 years which that becomes a whole other ball game it's like Oh, now we're talking, you know, thousands and thousands of years in that same, then that becomes <laughs> much, much worse. Yeah, that would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's way different. Thing. I could handle 30, 40 years easy. But I actually wish, you know, part of me wishes that I could, um, like, I'm pissed off that I ever have to die. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm really not happy about this. Okay. Like, a hundred years is not enough for me. Yeah. So I got too much to do. So I'm jealous of him in that I wish I could have like an extra 30, 40 years just to do certain things. That's so funny. I've, I've never thought of that. <laughs> That's right? I, I, this is why I love talking about movies because everybody kind of has a different interpretation yeah. and, you know, in different lens. So I, I yeah. completely understand that. And you look at it at different times in your life and it's a different movie. 
Very true. Like, like I was saying before, um, you know, as a kid, I thought it was really funny. Um, being stuck in the same day sounded terrible. But as I get older, I, I sort of saw the layers in, in Phil himself and how he's more of a complex character than I, than I realized as a kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, this movie is the reason why I know the name Puxatani Phil. <laughs> I will never forget it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 I forgot that, like, <laughs> yeah, I forgot that he had, like, this, that he was also named Phil. That's very funny. <laughs> And everybody, he keeps on getting mad because they're like, Phil, like the groundhog? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, in more ways than you know. <laughs> yeah. um, are there any other scenes that we haven't talked about yet that you wanted to to chat about or, 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 or other facts? Um, I'll tell you what. I don't know how many of your listeners have seen the musical. Oh, wow. The musical I found on YouTube, and it's one of my favorites. And there's layers in the musical that take the movie to a whole other level. Like there's there's some cool elements in it that, like if you can't get enough of the movie, go and watch the musical, and you'll have even you'll get to even know the characters even deeper. Mm, um, very cool. It's so good. And it's actually a lot racier than the movie because it's cause they, can, they can do what they want. So there's a lot of oh, cursing sure. in it. And what's so funny is Phil really sleeps around in the musical. He has a, he has a lyric. <laughs> well, he has plenty of time to do it, you know. Totally. Here, here's his lyric. I wrote it down because I think you'd find it funny. Um, so it, he slept with 90% of the women in Punxsutawney between ages 18 and 84. Oh man, he really experimented. <laughs> and one dude when he was bored. That's the lyric. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, why not? Why not? He's he's trying stuff out, but it's so funny because when you think of, oh my gosh, that's an interesting thought right there. It's like yeah. everybody in the small town, if he could get almost every woman in the whole town, then that is like he was even though it was fake and manipulative, he was becoming whatever they needed or wanted. Yeah. To make that, to, to have an 84 year old grandma, yeah. you know, <laughs> I think that's fascinating, but um, it's a wonderful musical and they have, it's like multimedia too. So it has oh, really? really cool elements. Like it starts out with a bunch of TVs so you're seeing him telling the news and stuff. And it has silly things like the car chases when he's all drunk driving with his buddies. So they show that like in black light theater. So you can actually watch oh. the car chase. It's pretty fascinating. That's cool. Yeah, there's there's definitely some scenes in the movie that I'm, that you would think would be challenging to do it a play. But that's really cool. Yeah. And they, how they make the day happen over and over again. It's like, why wouldn't that get boring? But it's not. It's fascinating yeah. and interesting. Yeah, for sure. So I highly recommend it. The, of course, you know, anytime anybody records a, a musical or stage production, it's like never as crisp, you know, mm -hmm. but it's definitely a good one to watch. Yes, I completely agree. <laughs> Well, 
I guess that brings me to uh, our last couple of questions then. Sure. Um, so if you had to sum it up, what about this movie keeps you returning to it? Why do you think you've seen it so many times? Uh, well, I do think it changes every time you watch it. Agreed. Even though the irony is that nothing changes. <laughs> um, I do want more more years than we're allowed as humans. So looking into immortality and stuff like that is a very interesting conversation. And yeah. it's apparent, like I said, it's apparently how even the thought of Groundhog Day started. Yeah. Um, that's a very interesting background for it, for sure. Yeah. And they, um, what's interesting is that every religion, when this first came out, all the religions claimed the movie as theirs. Interesting. Right? So if they were Buddhist, they'd be like, oh, this is what we teach. And if you're, they're Christian, oh, this is what we teach. They, this is what we teach. If they're Jewish, this is what we teach. <laughs> Interesting. Because some people, they have different theories. Some people think he's in purgatory. Some people think he's in hell. Some people think... Uh, you know, he doesn't get to go to heaven until he becomes the, a good person, you know? So everybody yeah. has different interpretations of it too, Very which is really fascinating. Um, and I like the type of movie where characters have a really big arc. Yeah, that's a good point. He has a huge arc in this. Yeah. So one other interesting tidbit that I found out is that the original scripts were very different. Um, mm. Apparently they started in the middle originally. Okay. So we started already in the time loop. Gotcha. And then there was a version where he ended in the time loop, almost like a punchline, like what we would see in a lot of different movies of, oh no, it's back to, like, you know how they do in horror films. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all of a sudden someone's in the back of the car and then the jump scare or something. Um, but that was the ending was that he's now he's in the loop. Um, one originally they had Rita was in her own groundhog day. Interesting. Isn't that fascinating? Um, yeah. I'm glad that they got rid of that one. Cause it's already confusing enough as far Agreed. as like, Oh my God, how many years has this been and stuff like that. But I think it's interesting. I'd, I'd be intrigued. Um, Have you seen uh, Palm Springs? No, I've seen the trailer and I've seen clips. Oh my from gosh, it. I, I couldn't stop thinking about that the whole time we're watching. Totally. It's just how much it owes to this movie, but you should definitely check that out. I know, it's <laughs> totally a movie. And I liked things like Happy Death Day. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that was a great premise for a horror film. Um, what are some of the other ones? Project Almanac, um, Tom Cruise's movie, Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, source code. So there are movies that I think have stolen from Groundhog Day because it's such a fascinating concept and then they've made it their own, you know, but Palm Springs, that looks like an totally a Carrie movie. Yeah. Well, Palm Springs is similar to Groundhog Day in that there's a lot of layers. I think you'll really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and for me, you know, I, 
I keep coming back to this movie because, again, as I mentioned before, I grew up with, you know, a, a ton of films with Bill Murray in them. I loved him. And, you know, this one was right out there with a movie that was on my regular rotation. I think it's funny. I think it's thought provoking. And yeah, I just really enjoy it. How do you pitch this movie, do you think, to someone that, that's never seen it before? I think since it's kind of... What is the main premise? A guy has to live the same day over and over again till he gets it right. Yeah. I think that's a good summary. <laughs> that it's could so be the whole summary. That, but it's kind of that. Yeah. I'm yeah, I would say... Th- it's a classic for a reason. You know, sometimes films are enduring. Like you said, they, it, it ages well. Um, maybe except for the consent part with when he's sleeping with all the women. But other than that. Yes, yes. Um, that does not age well. That does not age well. <laughs> Manipulation but, does not yeah, age well. That's, I do not condone that. But uh, I think that, you know, it's endured because it is such a funny and such a, you said it at the beginning, it's just so well done, you know as, as just a movie. Um, and it's got the perfect balance, as you said before, too, of between Harold Ramis and Bill Murray, they, they just put something really special together. And I think pretty much anyone can enjoy it. So highly recommend. Yeah. Two Um, thumbs up right here. Right. Yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, (laughs) well, Carrie, thank you so much for coming on the show and for, for picking this movie. Uh, where can people find you? I am at Actor Transformation. That's where I coach my wonderful actors uh, on basically the business side of the acting business. And then I'm also on IMDb. So Carrie Nasina and also social. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. I have a YouTube channel for the Actor Transformation. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And, you know, you're definitely going to have to think of another movie and I'm going to have to have you back soon. Fabulous. You can tell I love to talk about movies. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks so much. (laughs) 